suckers. You know what time it is. You're back with the Unuseful Idiots podcast. It's game time. It's, well, I mean, we're not really discussing too much relating to sports today, but it is time. There are other games like Scrabble and. This is true. This is true. Words with friends. Um, played a, played a, I played some Rummy Cube this weekend, as a matter of fact, with some friends. Um, but no, this is not a game. This is real life. The truth is here. You are now free to think freely. And uh, you are now free to move about the cabin. You can move wherever you want. You could do yoga while you're listening to this. You could cycle. You could get be on an airplane traveling to distant lands. I, I mean, maybe there's even astronauts listening to us. Maybe they'll travel to Narnia. You know what I love, though? I, I got to mention briefly this, uh, the sovereign citizen movement who are like when they get pulled over and they're like, I'm not driving in my car. I'm traveling. And it's really? like, yeah, those are the guys that they don't recognize certain laws and law enforcement because some crazy loopholes that they claim. I don't know. It's the most ridiculous well, thing. Well, there are some laws that shouldn't be laws. Like, like why the hell are stoplights on at 2 a.m. in the morning in yeah. the suburbs? That make, exactly. Why do you drive on a parkway and park on a driveway? <laughs> okay. I guess there's no law against that. But um, we digress. Um, we want you to know that we are available to email at theunusefulidiots at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter. We're, we're on, on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We we're, are on all your favorite listening. We're on Minds. Check out Minds.com. It's pretty cool. Really? What's that? It's a new... It's kind of like a Facebook kind of thing. But it's sort of like a decentralized Facebook. Wow, that sounds scary. Well... exciting. Well, like... I mean, the whole controversy over Facebook right now is like a lot of, and a lot of things is, you know, the censoring. Which know, is we, what we are all about not doing. Right. <laughs> so Minds is saying that they're not going to do that. I like that. It and sounds like the, it's like the Facebook of the dark web. Is that kind of? Good way of describing. Well, you don't have to access the dark web to get okay, it. Okay, fine. But In the vein of what the internet was supposed to be. Well, yeah, or was at one point. And you're also, I have. You can also give cryptocurrency, like when you like things. Ah, sounds like the dark web to me. Not that I've spent too much time poking around on the dark web or anything. <laughs> you know. Now, there's nothing there for me to see, <laughs> guys. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, guys, we're so we're so grateful you're back listening to us. Uh, there's a ton. Oh, my goodness. We took a couple of weeks off. 
We got back last week with our Academy Awards episode talking a little bit about Jesse Smollett too. We didn't even touch some of the big, 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 big current events that are going on right now that we want to kind of dive into today. Um, there's so much going on. There's so much to discuss. There's so many um, perspectives that we want to straighten out here on the podcast, um, set set the record straight. Um, on So why don't we get right into it and we can kind of, you know, talk yeah. more about some of this other stuff on further dates and times. Yeah, I mean, uh, so what? I think it was Friday, we learned that Luke Perry died. Very sad day. Oh, was it? I think it was more recent than that, actually. It was more a couple days ago. Was it? Uh, it might have been last Maybe. week. Anyway. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, it was... Recently, yeah. Luke Perry passed from a massive stroke. Is, is that right? That's what they say. 53 years old, I want to say. Yeah, I mean, he was young. He was under 60. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, it's it's not great. I mean, you know, I never watched 90210, so it's not, you know, like, I I don't have any connection that way to him. But he's an icon, you know, and uh, especially right. someone, and you know, in my shoes who had done some acting and especially at a young age, you know, uh, I, I know that we can be, you know, we can live fast and die hard, as they say, and um, and die fast, too, way too fast. Um, you know, and I, I, I don't know if he struggled with addiction for sure or not, but, you know, I know that growing up in the industry – at a you know young and you're surrounded by a lot of stuff you know and you grow up fast and so um yeah it's it's uh (laughs) you grow up fast and you're um you're partying and yeah i I don't know if i'll i don't know how old i'll live to you know i try and take care of myself the best i can and there's days that are I feel like, you know, I want to, I want to be a vegan and I want to work out. I want to meditate every day and I want to wake up early in the morning and, and go for a jog. And, and then there's days where I'm just like, okay, but that's doing all that healthy shit is sacrificing other things that may be more important to me at certain times. And so to me, it's a balance, you know, I like sleeping in, I like eating burritos and I like, you know, hamburgers and, uh, yeah, I mean, I like sitting on the couch too sometimes. A lot I mean, of times. At the end of the day, no one knows when they're going to die. Right. It's, exactly. You, you can know, be – we know people that are extreme health nuts and buffs and, you know, freak accidents happen. So to me, it's a balance. So, yeah. So we're sad to see uh, our friend Luke go. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's going to be interesting. He's on Riverdale right now. That show Riverdale. Right. The Archie comic show, Archie and Betty or... Veronica or something like that. Yeah, something like that. It's a pretty good show. I like it. It's, uh... But it'll be interesting to see what happens, how they handle it. Because he's a pretty major character on the show. Hmm. He plays Archie's dad. And so, I mean, I heard someone compare it 
to um, John Ritter when John Ritter died, because John Ritter was on a show also at the time. He was on mm. that show, Eight Simple Rules. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. And he just died out of the blue, knowing, you know, nothing. Mm. I think he was in an accident. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's a similar... Someone was making the comparison that it was a similar way that he died, that they both died, and it'll be interesting well, to see luckily, how they handle it. Look, I mean, you know, death is real and Hollywood's fake, so, you know, I'm not as concerned with uh, how the hell they'll deal with it. I'm, from a creative perspective, sure, it's interesting, but, you know, yeah, that's, that's that I mean, should be our, the least of anybody's worries. I'm sure well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure everyone's... I'm sure everyone on the show or that anyone that's ever dealt with, you know, probably 90210 alumni. And I, I, I saw like Jason Priestley already reached out. Well, the other thing, family. too, is that like, but, I, but to your point, I'm sure the people who are, you know, like the producers and the writers are scrambling right now. And, you know, they're not able to probably think about it in the in the way that you know death right. should be considered and, and right because i'm sure they <laughs> have like to working 24 7 to figure out yeah i don't know what at what point they are in the season sure. of you know filming everything yeah so, so our, our prayers and condolences go out to his family and anybody that know him and uh um yeah I mean, we have another one. I mean, Alex Trebek. Oof. Just got diagnosed with... Stage stage, four. Stage four pancreatic cancer. That does not sound very good. Which, from what I read, like 80% of people die. Probably not. I mean, probably pretty quickly, too, right? It seems like a... Is it an aggressive kind of cancer, or...? I mean, I guess there is different kinds of pancreatic cancer, you know, there's just like there are different types of brain tumors and all kinds of cancer. There's probably less aggressive kinds, but, you know, stage four is pretty serious. And they said that pancreatic cancer, there's no real test for it to, to catch to, it early. To catch it early. Wow. So. Yeah, well, that's that, that, that's probably why the mortality rate is so high. Is right. that undetected? Yeah, for a while. I mean, it's, we, it's funny we opened up talking about let the game letting, letting the games begin, but you know, Jeopardy wasn't really a show I ever really watched. Um, but he's in a you know a worldwide staple. You know, um, well, he's an icon. I yeah. mean, Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune are like the only two game shows that have been on since, you know, with the, the same 70s. hosts, with the same hosts, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I think Wheel of Fortune had a different host very early on, but I mean, I think pretty quickly Pat Sajak became the host. Yeah, and, and he's been he's been the. He's face been of the, Wheel of Fortune. And the same with Vanna White. Vanna White's been there forever. Is she yep. still on it? Yeah. Good for her, man. And she, like, doesn't look any different. 
Well, I saw an article that said that Cindy Crawford was posing nude for something in, the, in, her, in her 50s. Oh, yeah, I saw that. And I was like, good for her, man. You know, it's like women's women's bodies is a beautiful thing and should be, you know, there shouldn't be a time limit on when you can no. still be considered beautiful, you know. Um, I'm glad that that's being embraced a little bit more, especially by having a, you know um, – what are they called? What are the people called? The women that are supposed to turn the the, the letters on the Wheel of Fortune? A showgirl? No, that's not a showgirl. No, it, I mean, it's only it's her. Right. She's but, the only one. But, uh, you know, other types of game shows, they have the people that present the prizes. Right. And, stuff, I, and they're always they're, good looking. Yeah, like um, young. on the prices, right? They have the right. girls. And they're just I models. think there's dudes, actually, too. Yeah, well, but either way. But it's good to see that they're, you know, they're, they, they keep that going there's not a there's not a cap for it yeah but like but jeopardy was like this intelligent game you know it was there wasn't it was always like a very intelligent game show so people watched it because of that because like it was you know challenging and yeah exactly You you get to really watch in real time very highly intelligent people compete and you learn stuff and you you're like how the hell did they know that it's kind of like when i play hq from time to time and i go out on like question four and there's like 15 questions and i'm like and we watched it till the end i don't know if you ever played hq that yeah i think the the furthest i got was like to question seven or eight which is still very impressive. But the people who go to the end, I'm like, these are just lucky. There's no way people know all this random stuff. But that's and the that, cynical part of me. And the truth is that they and do. That, that's the thing. A lot of the questions aren't like intelligent questions. They're not like. They're not math problems. They're just things that you, you yeah, need. They're not, very it's specific not, things to know. Right, and it, it's not like questions like who painted the Mona Lisa or who painted this <laughs> right. random piece of art. No, it's, it's like in what month, what was the exact date that Leonardo DiCaprio finished the Mona Lisa, you know, or whatever, you know. It's well, like, not, not even that. It's like even weirder questions than sure, that. It's true. And it's like people must have just... Smoked a lot of weed and stayed up way too late. I have no idea how people know this stuff. Like, it's crazy. Well, the more information that gets available, that that becomes available and accessible, the more people are going to. I mean, they couldn't be. They couldn't ask these questions, you know, to the general public twenty years ago. It's just. Well, I think I think a lot of it's probably guessing. On HQ, probably, yeah. Yeah, right. And it's probably a lot of people, you know, just somehow with friends. Oh, like quickly figuring out the up. answer. I know. That's true, too. Well, anyway, speaking of friends, what's the next topic we have? We have um, Miss Ilhan Omar. Ah, yes. A friend of. I don't even want to say it. <laughs> the a friend, friend of, of the Semites. A no, friend of government. 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 Yes. Governor. Um, she is 
a freshman congresswoman from Michigan, the one of the first two Muslims in Congress. About time, I would say. Right. Absolutely. You know, I, I don't care what religion, who you are, what, you know, anything. I don't... But... Uh, she's a little controversial. She is, to say the least. Um, and she's come under scrutiny... Uh, recently after having said some colorful remarks uh, regarding Israel and, and pro-Palestinian uh, um, ideology, um, which actually I don't really have a problem with. And I'm Jewish from, you know, I'm, I, well, I, I respect her ability to be able to express herself. Right. And, uh, you know, there's... You know, it depends. I think some of her comments are, you know, just thrown, you know, it's just whatever. It's like her opinion. It's water under the bridge. And maybe she shouldn't have been voted into the, into Congress, but I don't know. But that has to do with more political beliefs based off the voters who got her in there. And they have the right to choose whether or not they want to. Right. You and I probably would not have voted for her. Right. And also, I wonder how many people knew this stuff about her. I mean, I knew, I would, I had heard some things like right after she got elected about like her views and stuff. So I think it may have been one of those things where she was the Democrat. I think it could have been she was fortunate of circumstances. You know, this election, yeah, everyone was so anti-Trump right. that they didn't really care what the Democrat, who the Democrat was. They were just going to vote for the Democrat because they wanted to get just another. You know, they wanted to give the opposition control. You know, Trump being a Republican, they wanted to get the Democrats in control. Right. So whatever. So whatever is. Democrat was on the ticket, they voted for them. Right. Which you know, it's probably going to be what enables Trump to win the re-election because there's so many, it's, you know, the paradox of choice now because so many Democrats want to, you know, help be the new voice of reason for the country that it's actually going to probably split the vote a million ways again. Well, that's, that's my prediction. Well, I mean, there's, there's going to be one Democratic nominee at the end of the day. I just don't have any faith in the Democratic Party to nominate someone who's actually a good nominee. Right. I think they'll end up going the way of, like, a Hillary Clinton type again. Exactly, which will just split the vote. (laughs) Well, it won't split the vote. Maybe not evenly. It'll it'll just... It'll just 
cause a lot of people to stay home. Well, right? okay, that's what I mean. Yeah, split meaning like yeah. maybe half the people that would have voted may abstain, right. which would then right. still give the opposition or as as Trump the. I mean, the or I guess split the vote in the sense that. Look, I think in the last election, if, you know, in the last election, the Green Party, Jill Jill Stein, got a lot of votes. Gary Johnson probably got more than he would have normally. Well, I... No? I just... Yeah, probably. But I think from the Democratic point of view, from the Democratic nominee point of view, the voters... You know, Hillary Clinton was the nominee, and so many people didn't like Hillary Clinton that they voted for Jill, Jill Stein. Right, because that was like the quote-unquote backup. If, if Bernie Sanders had won, I don't think anyone would have voted, voted for, for Jill. Jill Stein. You're right. That's true. So, Well, I think that's probably... Yeah. vote that way. Yeah, that's what I kind of was... Thank you for specifying that for me. Yeah. But anyway, we digress... But let's get back to Omar, because, I mean, while some of her comments are, you know, you could pass off as her opinion and whatever, that it's not harmful, but uh, she's done some other things that aren't so great. Yeah, I mean, she, um, this is an article, I mean, it doesn't really matter where it's from, but it's from Fox, and, you know, All right. everyone's going to criticize, everyone's going to go, oh, it's Fox, but... We get, we get our news, we get our sources well, fairly... yeah, we big. get our news, you know... From wherever it comes as, from. As long as the... Source has facts. Yeah, that's all like, we care about. It doesn't about. matter. But, uh, yeah, so Ilhan Omar facing new scrutiny over past effort to win leniency for nine men accused of trying to join ISIS. Now. Oh, I think she's from Minnesota, not Mi- Michigan. Michigan is oh, your boy, oh, I uh, said, Justin. I said Michigan. Oh, I'm, I meant Minnesota. Same thing. Both ends. Am I even? Okay, and anyway, go ahead. Midwest. Sure. They both, they both have a lot of nice people. Yeah. Farms. But, so, you know what? If you're going to show leniency towards people who decide to join ISIS of their own free will? Uh, it's, uh, I don't know. Well, she, she says her, her, her overarching themes are, in my opinion, in the right vein. She is someone who wants to display compassion to fight fanaticism. As is articulated right. here and in this in this article, but I would say it doesn't necessarily apply to everybody. Well, <laughs> like you have to you have to display the compassion before they join ISIS. Once they join ISIS, right then the, right then the compassion you know, goes away. 
Right. There's a little, it's a little too late. Yep. You know, so. Right. And so, of course, of course, you know, the, the, you know, the right can then jump on the bandwagon of, oh, well, she's, you know, it's because she's Muslim and all this. And it's like, you know, we don't even necessarily have to go there. Maybe it's just because she's someone who really does genuinely want to display compassion. And it's a little misguided, especially at at that point. But that's kind of what my, you know, and I don't know if you wanted, if you're ready to discuss this yet, but with the, with the bill that was just passed in the house, well, I think we'll save that to the end of the Ilhan Omar because that sort of wraps okay. it up. Sure, yeah, and I'll mention something about that. But um, Right, but I mean, it says the nine Minnesota men were facing decades in prison after being accused in 2015 of making plans, including buying fake passports in an effort to travel Syria and fight for ISIS, which was at its peak level of activity and held territory in Syria and Iraq. So, yeah, I mean, if you're going to grant leniency to the... If you're going to ask for leniency towards these people after they show that they're doing this... I, it's, that just doesn't sit right with me. Yeah. I'd say uh, do it before. You know, I'm all for showing people compassion before they commit a crime or do something that, you know, like, uh, I don't know. I mean, well, when you, when you live in just, a country, when you, when you try to leave a country illegally to then go fight the people who are supposed to be defending you and your rights to live in the country in the first place abroad uh, for a terrorist organization. To me, that's probably like the, the most conniving, disrespectful, evil sort of crime you can commit. So uh, to me, they deserve no compassion. You know, right? I, yeah, it's like show compassion before, not after, and after they get what they come, what's coming to them. Yeah, and there are certain crimes that do deserve more compassion than others. Uh, you know, particularly you know drug charges, but um, that's not one of them. Yeah, I mean, you know, I. Whether they actually did something that was a crime, I don't know. I mean, well, uh, speaking of speaking of uh, fake passports, you you heard about the um, the non the first uh, non-binary oh, US yeah, passport that was I heard about issued that. in Colorado. I heard about. Just that. kidding. I actually think it's kind of cool, right? Like. Who cares if well, you want to... I want, I want to see what happens when they try and go through TSA. <laughs> well, that'll, you know, hopefully someone will have their world star video camera going at that time. Um, that but, was interesting. Anyway, go ahead. But so back to Omar, there's another thing. You know... 
there's some question about whether her marriage is legit. Her like her spousal marriage? Yeah. Huh. They're saying there's been claims that the person who she's married to on her on record is actually her brother. That's interesting. Now, freaky deaky. Am I right? Right. Now, uh, hey man, what you want to do is that's up to you. No, I I don't think it should necessarily be illegal to marry your brother. Like, I don't think the government should have any say in who you marry. Right. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. But is it weird? Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's a it's a good thing to mention too. I mean, what I mean, wow, I mean that she not only would she be one of the first two Muslim <laughs> congresswomen, but she'd probably be she's got to be one of the first that that's married to a sibling in Congress. Well, I think I think she's definitely the first. I don't know whether I mean, she's the first to have sexual relations with her with a sibling. Who knows? Right, I mean, we, we, that'll, that in knows. the 1800s, who knew what was going on back then? That's true. Like, you know, who knows what's going on right now? I that, mean, that's a better point, even. You're I'm right. sure there are plenty of times when, like, even you don't even know about. Like, you see on TV all the time. Like, I mean, it's on fictional shows, but, like, where... Like two people meet and lay and they fall or they start dating, and then their parents tell them that they're cousins or something, huh? Yeah, but right, it, right. It's well, right, and then we all laugh, it's and it's like, a sitcom. how do you know? But, right. but it's like, how do you really know who's who? Well, because at the end of the day, we're all related. It's not, I mean, we all came from the same few people that evolved from whatever. Well, so in that way, monkeys. we are kind of all. We yeah. came from the few, same few monkeys. I mean, not, not, you know, not unless you believe in panspermia and what kind of panspermia you believe in, you know, whether it was the first single cell organism that fell from space or was just created from the ether here from the primordial ooze or if the first human egg or whatever dropped from space and you know whatever there's a lot of different theories and we don't know but bottom line is have people related but you know been married to had sex with their relatives some closer than others over the years hell yeah yeah i mean Listen, I don't know. Uh, I I don't know enough about all that stuff to really say. Like, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. We're here. We're we're all doing the best we can. Yeah, I mean, at least some of us are. I mean, to me, uh, the weird, you know, like just don't have kids together with your sibling. Well, that, like that but, but like the truth is, you know, the government should just stay out of it all. You know, like whatever you want to do is is up to you. You know, and right. I mean, I mean, from, I mean, a, from a scientific, from a medical perspective, 
yeah, I don't know how safe it is. And for your children's perspective, you know, for your children's sake, growing up and people find out that you, your parents are siblings, like, yeah, that's probably going to affect the way that they're viewed. And so that should be taken into consideration. But if nobody gets hurt, make do whatever the hell you want. Sound Nobody like, cares. What? You sound like a libertarian. I know. I feel like you're converting me. Jeez, I can't <laughs> even believe what I'm saying. Six La months horror. ago, I don't know if I ever would have come out and said all this, but you La know what? It's true. it's true. Who are we to say what people should or shouldn't do or believe? Well, in? I mean, I, yeah, I think that's that's what it should be. Like, who cares? I mean, I don't, I don't like labels or anything, so I don't really consider myself a libertarian, but I do consider, you know, the, you know, as long as you're not hurting anyone, who cares? Right. Moving right along. What do we got? What, what's up next? Are we still so, talking about Omar? Yeah, I mean, there was, there's been a lot of, you know, just weird comments that she's been making. She made a comment that she... I think it was... I think she had deleted a tweet and then denied it. Mm. But, you know, like, it's the internet. People screen capture your stuff. Yeah. Like it's not yep. gone forever. But she's made some remarks about, like how uh, the Jews are controlling the government and controlling the economy and everything. And, you know, I mean, if she wasn't Muslim, I think we'd just be writing her off as an idiot. Right. And, uh, you know, that's pretty much how I, what I consider it. I consider it a very idiotic statement, and she's ignorant to, you know, maybe it's just a talking point. I don't know, but to have someone like that in government is very disturbing mm -hmm. because there are, there are a lot of people who are Jewish who have no say in the economy at all. Or anything. Absolutely. Like, I'm they one have of them. no power, nothing. Like, yeah. So she's like. Yeah, there's plenty of people who run the economy that are not Jewish. Right. Right. So, so right. Like, so it's, it's a little weird to be bringing up that specific point. And, and unfortunately, because of the, but the history think, of those remarks, right, like the protocols of awareness. That's a stereotypical remark. Exactly. It's a that's stereotypical a remark that was, you know, unfounded and, and, you know, dates back to the protocols of the learned elders of Zion, which was a, you know, a, a, a uh, publication that was really, really horrible towards Jews saying that they, you know, were devils and running the world and money and all this stuff. And, you know, it was, it was actually part of how Adolf Hitler, uh, you know, created some of his reasoning and, and ideology. So, you know, it's it's just... It's not good when you start talking like that for, for, you know, for anybody because it is idiotic. But then right. when, you're, when, when you have a long kind of sort of complicated history with Jewish people and you're in a position of power and you start talking like that, you know, then it raises some eyebrows. 
And I think the point is that, like, she has sway amongst people. People, because she's... They look up to her. So female, Muslim woman, the first, one of the first in the Congress. Well, I mean, just that she's a congresswoman. People give way to that. She's an influencer. Yep. So, uh, you know, I mean... Well, but like you said, so to tie this up, did you want to mention of the, um... Well, there is also this. Uh-oh. He's, she, really, he's breaking out the big guns. I, I, I gotta, I gotta sit down. She's asked to be the keynote, to speak at a keynote event for a, a Hamas-linked organization. Well, has she accepted the invitation yet? <laughs> or has she just been asked? Uh, oh, well... Omar the keynote event. I guess she's so already she, said yes. She said yes. Uh, so uh, we all know. Hamas, you know what's funny? Before Hamas we went on air, and, I was actually defending her. Was <laughs> it wasn't I, Tori? Uh, well, I think you know everything when she says something. I think we defend we defend her right to say something, but. Her actions are backing up what you say. Mm. And that's the problem. Right. Is when your actions speak. Right, for when your words. words turn to actions. Right. Words are just words until they turn to actions. Right. And then they're no word, longer words, then they're just actions. Right. And, and that's uh, where it gets dangerous. And it looks like her words are uh, becoming actions. Well, right. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, we all know Hamas isn't a great, is it, they're a terrorist organization. Viewed by, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not going to deny that. So. If, I just, I, I think I've grown in, in my old age. I've, you know, become someone who... Can understand the plight of a from from an outsider's perspective. Of course, I can understand the plight of a displaced people. Just looking at some of our the people in our own country who have been displaced, like the American Indians, and you know, I, I so I understand the from an outsider's perspective. I can understand some of the. In a very base level, the frustrations and some, and I don't even know how you would deal with that. So, but it's, so I, so I, I have respect for that. But at the same time, you know, killing innocent people is not okay on any side. Um, and a, and an organization like Hamas, who really, you know, definitely supports that um, for Israelis, you know, I, I can't really get behind that either. So, right, but like the other. Muslim woman who's in who was elected to Congress is Rashida Tlaib. I don't know exactly is, is how any, to pronounce Tal- Talib. Is there any uh, well, relation to Talib? T- oh no, that's it's T L A B. Tlaib, Tlaib. So I don't. But I love when a T and an L are next to each other, like Chipotle. But her name's not coming up in anything really. Like, right, so what, right? So, uh, how does that work? Right, so it's not, you know, it's not just 
uh, Ilhan Omar is being targeted because she's a Muslim woman. Right. It's because there's she's a disparity said here. That yeah, exactly. Right. So, but anyway, this came across the uh, right before air. Uh, the House voted on a resolution that says the resol- they passed this pretty much overwhelmingly. It was like 404 to 23 or something. Yeah, I saw that. And it's so this is what the resolution says. It says... Condemning anti-Semitism as hateful expressions of intolerance that are contradictory to the values and aspirations that define the people of the United States and condemning anti-Muslim discrimination and bigotry against minorities as hateful as hateful expressions of intolerance that are contrary to the values and aspirations of the United States. Which the unuseful idiots opposes. Right, and I I have a feeling I know who two of the people who oppose this. Well, they were Republicans. All, right. the, all 23 people who oppose it were Republicans. Right, they were all Republican, but there are a lot you know, like, about... I mean, there are, what, like, 435 people in the house? I thought it was close. I thought it was 600. I thought it was in the 600s. I don't know. Maybe no, I'm wrong. I think I'm it's 435. Okay, sorry. You know better than me. Shut but up, Noah. Shut up! Shut up! You're so <laughs> stupid! You're so... Okay, sorry. But about, like, you know, two-something, you know, like, 220, or maybe... A little over 200 are Republican. Right. So 23 uh, voted against it. But I have a feeling I know who two of them are. And one of them we're going to mention a little later. We sure are. I think he's coming up next. But, you know, so it's Justin Amash and Thomas Massey who are... I I see where they're coming from because I agree with them. You know, I think this wording is very toxic because, you know, it's basically saying, you know, if you don't, if you don't hold the same ideals as Americans are supposed to hold, then, uh, you know, you can be convicted of a crime or whatever. That's what it's saying. Condemning. It doesn't sound very American to me. Right. And who, who is to say what American, what values values are. Right. Right. I mean, I don't know, uh, you know, some, they're always, First of all, they're always changing. Like right to me, the America- landscape is changing. Yeah, to me, it's the country was founded on live and let live. 
Pretty much. And yeah, exactly. You know, the pursuit of happiness. Right. Whatever that, and that's so vague. So if your happiness is, you know, going about your merry anti-Semitic way and you're not actually causing harm to any Jews physically, then, then you're, I respect your right to do that. Do I like right, it? No, right. but I'll, but I respect it. And if I want to be, or if someone, you know, wants to go about their anti-Muslim way and they're not hurting anybody or causing any physical harm to anybody, let them be. Right. I mean, we all know. We that know sounds that, like fascism to me. Well, Controlling yeah. your ideology. Yeah, and we know that there are people in this country who are genuinely racist. You know, they don't like black people, but, you know, unless they commit a crime. Well, but that's what you just said. This is now making it a crime. Right. Which is wrong. But, but a crime should be, uh, like, punching someone or... It's physical. It's Throwing not, someone through a window. Right, it's not a verbal thing. It's a physical thing. Right. You know, a verbal crime could be yelling fire in a crowded movie theater when there's no fire. That's a verbal thing that causes an action that could be harmful because a stampede could, could result when there was no fire. Right. And but this I, is not that. Right. And, uh, you know, it's like, you know, when uh, people call, there was... It was just the other day there was a report of a false uh, school shooting. Someone reported, a kid reported a school shooting, and it turned out it was a hoax. Like, that should be a crime. Absolutely. You're wasting resources. Yes. You're scaring people. You know. You scared me! You have to go to jail! No, but it's more than that. It's the resources, and it's what it's the other actions that were set in motion by right. that. And, and uh, you know, I saw a video of it, and there were cops in bulletproof vests that entered in class into classrooms. Yeah, and probably traumatized with guns. Yeah, that's traumatic. Their guns were held up. That is a traumatic experience right. for all those so people involved. That the kid who reported the fake school shooting should be, be held accountable. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, so, uh, you know, uh, I don't think that there should have been a bill that was passed. But to me, it looks like a putting a quick Band-Aid on an open wound so it didn't actually address the real issue, which is that we might have someone in Congress who kind of is a little out there. Um, but rather, well, let's just make it better real quick. So they drafted this thing and, you know, the real heroes kind of stood out from it. And unfortunately, they lost by a landslide. Well, right. Well, I mean, it, it'll, it may fix the situation because maybe she'll be removed from office based on this, which I think maybe she should. I don't, I haven't looked into it enough. Like, I don't know if she actually did 
anything that was, I mean, the whole um, thing about uh, the ISIS members, the guys that went to join ISIS and, you know, asking for leniency on them, that's, that's really the only thing that she did that I could point to and say, you shouldn't have done that. Right. I agree with you. But, uh, you know, so uh, we're going to turn this to someone who joined, who may run in 2020 in the presidential election as a libertarian. Now, this person, Justin Amash, he's currently in the House of Representatives in Michigan as a Republican. But what makes this interesting, like I said, he's uh, been on the right side of a lot of things, in my opinion. He's very anti-war. He's anti-spending. He wants, you know, he doesn't want, he knows what's going on. He's very, uh, he's very live and let live. Can I make a quick point about Justin Amash? He is the son of a Palestinian and a Syrian, as a matter of fact. So oh, yeah. he is uh, Arabic uh, descent. Just to say, you know, we're not we're not really trying to bash anybody. Uh, Palestinian Christian and a Syrian Christian uh, were his parents. Uh, just a quick fun fact. Right. So, uh, you know, clearly here's a guy who is an of Arab descent who we have no problem with. We actually think. He's on the right, he's one of the few people in Congress who's on the right side of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Who, you know, doesn't have many, have many, if any, blemishes against his record that I know of at this point. You know, I haven't been following politics that long, so maybe there is something that flew under the radar, but probably not. And, you know, I don't know. But, but well, the interesting thing is, I think, I have a theory that for a third party to break through, they need someone with a name. So... Justin Amash has a name because he's already in Congress. So his name carries weight, sort of like how Ron Paul's name carried weight. Mm-hmm. You know, so, uh, and uh, now with this, the current political climate, you know, there's 
I think it could make sense. And, you know, I think, um, you know, it's, people have brought up why would he go from being a Republican to a Libertarian? Like, why would he risk that? You know, people, a lot of people are still, you know, which I, you know, yeah, it's a risk. Going away from the two big parties, it's a risk. But then it came out that in 2022, they're planning on redistricting his district. Mm. So... Uh, he might be out of a job right, anyway. Right, because then he would have to run in an entirely... I mean, in a partially new district. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, those people don't know him. Really? Right. So, uh, you know, I think he's probably uh, considering a calculated risk at this point. He's saying... Well, it's kind of like, uh, you know, the former uh, New York City mayor going over to the Republicans to have a job, you know? Right. You know, we saw the path of least resistance. I don't know if this is in the path of least resistance. Well, that's true, because chances are he's not going to win, but... He could be creating, he could be paving the way. It is the path of least resistance in the sense that if he's, if he runs as a libertarian, he'll easily jump up the list of libertarians. So he'll probably be the nominee. And uh, in Michael Bloomberg's case, that was his goal. Right. He wanted to be the path of least resistance to the nominee. So, uh, you know, and I think it, it's, he's a name to watch. Let's put it that way. Absolutely, and that we will. That we will. So we have one, one more topic for today. Um, <laughs> it's kind of an interesting thing to mention. Um you know, back in the uh, well, club days, club drugs, club drugs. Okay, switching gears here. <laughs> Ketamine is um, a club drug. Its uh, classification is um, uh, anesthetic, actually. It's anest- it anesthetizes you. Um, so is cocaine. Um, cocaine is used for anesthesia, also. Right, so maybe I'm having the wrong... Is it disassociative? No, it's... No, I think it's... It's an anesthetic also. It's used as an anesthetic. It does, like, right. It's used in different surgeries. Anyway, right. The point is... Like fentanyl and all kinds of things are used. Well, I think I think cocaine is an analgesic, which numbs you. Like, this knocks you out. It it numbs your, your anal area. It can, you know, I've I've put many a lidocaine patch on my um, itchy is raw that, butt. Is that sometimes. after you had Mexican food? Usually, yeah. After I get the sensation like I've just sat on a stove. <laughs> um, 
with after some chili fries. No, so ketamine, the main method of ingestion um, for this drug was taking the liquid form of the of the substance, cooking it or microwaving it so that it became solid, and then chopping it up and then snorting it. That's how ketamine generally is taken. Some people go right for the kill and they put it in a vial or a, in a syringe rather, and they load it right up into their muscles. Some probably put it right in their veins. The FDA just approved intranasal ketamine for antidepressant for 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 depressant uh, to treat depression. So they're basically saying they're they're vindicating. All of the people like myself who had used ketamine as a club drug because it made you feel good. Well, they're saying, yep, we're going to let you do it the same way and it's going to be legal. Well, but, the question is... Put it up your nose! The question is, why is ketamine still... Well, I mean, I guess they did... The FDA did approve uh, uh, marijuana drugs. You know, right. There's always some motivation. It's just to me, it's more, (laughs) it's just more comical that the the method. It's not like they gave they made ketamine into a little pill and they're like, okay, and that that still would be interesting. It's like of all the different ways methods to um, get the drug into your system, it's like we're gonna put it in a nasal spray. Right, right. But the problem like this is, I think. I think it's probably going to be similar. The outcome is probably going to be similar to opiates, like um, like oxy and. Well, all the one these good thing is that ketamine is not very addictive, uh, and B, it's um, you know it, it you can't function really on it. You know, it's if you if I don't know how high this drug gets you or what the what. You know the way it's administered, how it, what, what its effect will be. Well, well, my point is that, like, I don't know if, but I have the feeling that my philosophy is anything, anything is fine in moderation, as long as it's pure and from the earth. No, oh, well, this not. shit is pure and not from the earth, dude. You know what I'm saying? But but the thing right that's the thing like I think you know like in Switzerland they started doing these um, heroin clicks right where you could go in instead of taking painkillers it's not just it's not just Switzerland you could go into these hospitals. And they would administer heroin to you, and you would stay there until you came down, or whatever. Noah, where'd you go? Oh man, I think he—I think Noah just left. I think he's got—he booked his plane ticket to Switzerland. You should probably do like that. Uh, disguise your voice a little bit. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> you have such a unique voice. Like, I don't know if I can impersonate you. Like, hey, me. I know. Well, I was trying to get you to say it, but you know, whatever. That's what happens when you go live. Hey, folks, we're live. Live and direct. Anyway. Right. 
But uh, it also came out that uh, FDA Commissioner Scott Gottlieb is going to resign next month. So I wonder if there's any correlation. He probably did too much ketamine and was like, dude, I'm fucking out of here, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... Or maybe, yeah, maybe he's like, this is a joke. Yeah, I mean, I, I really don't know. Maybe it has some relation. I just hope they don't... Re- I just hope Trump doesn't replace him. Because I think the FDA does more harm than good. Well, not only that, but I think, you know, if, if Trump did replace him, he might just make weed fully legal. Yeah. Now, as long as there's an FDA, I, I don't know. I mean, I think the legalization of marijuana is inevitable. I just think as long as there's an FDA, they're going to screw it up. Well, then that might be our in. If Trump becomes the, the head of the FDA, it might just, it might just implode. Well, <laughs> I don't think you could be president and head of the FDA at the same time. Well, my thinking is like more Scott Gottlieb resigns and Trump says FDA... Nah, we don't need those letters. We have 23 other letters we could use. Well, I'd be happy with that. Anyway, guys, we want to thank you so much for tuning in. We got a lot more to talk about. You'll be hearing from us soon. In the meantime, please feel free. In fact, don't feel free. Well, Just always feel on. free. Yeah, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. First of all, I want to say we're going to be starting reviews every so often we're going to be trying to do recaps and reviews of movies and TV shows and I am going to go see Captain Marvel tomorrow night and I will have a review up either later this weekend or early next week and we'll see how that goes I look forward to it. You know, there's... Who knows? Maybe... You know, if a lot of people like it, we'll continue doing it. We'll do it with, like, cool TV shows and other stuff. And I watched a couple documentaries recently that I'd be happy to share about and review as well. Free Solo and Into the Grand Canyon. Two amazing amazing documentaries about human accomplishment. Right. So, uh, that's it. And, uh, remember to check us, remember to go to, check us out on all the social medias that we mentioned earlier. Uh, our email address, theunusefulidiots at gmail.com We have a Patreon page Go there if you feel like, you know, you're getting something from this podcast. Throw us a couple of bucks. Throw us a freaking bone here. So, but more importantly, please just rate us and like us and listen. That's really all we ask for. Anything else would be an added bonus. 
Yes. And I mean, we need, you know, we want to get our the podcast out to more people and rating and commenting on whatever platform you listen to us on really would really help us out. And I want to give a quick shout out to my beautiful wife, Jennifer. Thank you. Thank you for listening, guys, and we'll see you next week. Love y'all. Peace. Think freely.